These are the voices of Rotary. The voices that tell our stories. The voices that share our why. The voices that make our lives matter. The voices that relieve suffering and anguish. These are the voices of Rotary that change lives. Take a listen. On the hottest day ever recorded in Portland, Oregon, 27-year-old Jared Kasanovic took on the biggest challenge of his life. He planned to race his bicycle across the country with no support to help Rotary raise money to eradicate polio. Find out how he handled the blistering heat and what inspired him to keep going. The story starts with Jared's father, Jerry Kasanovic, Rotary District Governor. Let's hear from him. Hi, my name is Jerry Kasanovic, and my current role in Rotary is District Governor of uh, 5110 for 2122. When Jared was young, he went on service opportunities with me. I took him to the Rotary International Convention in Brisbane, Australia. And that was the first time he saw an iron lung. Now, we had talked about polio before, you know, just uh, kind of a surface. This is what I do in Rotary, and this is our corporate focus uh, to rid the world of this terrible disease. But seeing that iron lung, he hit, it kind of sparked his imagination in, in terrific ways. And it's, it really stuck in there. So that was at 10 years old. So now that he's 27, he's going to raise money. He wants to raise money, do something a little larger than himself. He chose Raise for Rotary. And of all the options available, the environment, youth, he picked polio. With polio, I, I think my memory of it, my first memory is uh, going to a Rotary convention with my dad. I think this might have actually been one of the international conventions in Australia. We just made a family vacation out of it. My mom and sibling went down there as well. Um, so I'm, I think first memory was seeing an iron lung, kind of being amazed of that was the, uh, the solution or, or the remedy in, in some cases to, to, to help people with polio. And so I, so I think that stuck with me. So I'm uh, 27 and I work in IT for University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, that's, that's my day job, but I also spend a lot of time riding my bike and doing really just anything fun outside. Knowing that this is a worldwide project of ours, a program to eradicate a disease, it, it just really touched my soul in many ways. And, and that's why I'm deeply affected by the need to accomplish this in my lifetime. But partnering up with Bill Gates, UNICEF, the World Health Organization, and others in the United Nations, I think it's this collective united front that is really inspiring. And that's why I think that for me, it just becomes one of my passions, one of my passions in life now. It's, it's something, once you once you get these passions, you can't let it go. And it, you can only dive deeper into it. And that's why my son, rides across the country and does for polio, it, it hearkens that there's more on the way. There's others that can be inspirational, just like my boy. And I saw that you did a bicycle race uh, all the way across the country from almost coast to coast. What, what uh, inspired you to do that? So that was inspired uh, from last year at the start of the pandemic. I used to bike commute to work every day in Madison, Wisconsin, even through the winter. When we went full remote as far as the pandemic, I started to do more bike rides, less about commuting, more bike rides just for fun out on the road and, and started to bike a little bit longer and, and really like biking long distances. So I 
uh, during that summer, I did a trip from Madison, Wisconsin to uh, Corvallis, Oregon, where I grew up and, and where my parents live. So that was, that was a fun trip. And I met some cool people along the way. And I also heard about some of these more uh, long distance races, less touring and smelling the roses and more trying to get somewhere as fast as you can. I, I heard about a, a race that left Portland and went to Washington, D.C., got involved with it to uh, fundraise for it over the summer uh, during a bike race. You decided to dedicate the ride to uh, polio eradication and make it a fundraiser. What, how would you decide to do that? my bike tour I did in 2020, so many people were so generous to me for no reason. My second day, like someone bought me breakfast, gave me just some cash for the next day. Another person just opened their, their backyard to me when I couldn't find a campsite and they let me just camp in their backyard. So all this generosity in support of this personal challenge. So I think what led me to do a fundraising effort was just trying to direct that attention somewhere because there is all that interest and enthusiasm. And so I, I figured if I can do the same thing uh, that I was already planning to do, but but get, get people involved and and be able to direct attention somewhere like a fundraising uh, effort, then I figured why not? The connection to polio came from um, you know I, I was looking around for uh, and thinking about some things to fundraise for, and, and eventually brought back it brought it back to polio for me. I was I was looking at uh, different charities. One thing I try and pay attention to is having like a low administrative overhead on these charities. Rotary seemed to be really good at that. And, and I think it was being able to fundraise through Rotary made it easy and, and I don't know, peace of mind knowing I wasn't giving most of the money to, to administrative overhead. Which... I back, actually, I bought three jerseys. And I said, you get to take your pick. And he chose the polio one, which, which really made me happy. That's one of the benefits of the raise for Rotary is uh, they will communicate and let you know how you're doing often. So yeah, he took full advantage of it. He's, he's a great tech person too. That's his job at University of Wisconsin. So he knows how to plug into all that kind of stuff, which made Raise for Rotary really um, uh, easy for him because of uh, Rotary's ability to just connect a fundraiser to an individual. The initial goal was... Uh, $3,500, which was, uh, 3,500 was the amount of miles uh, from Portland, Oregon to Washington, DC. The campaign, um, my uh, dad, Jerry, who uh, is a district governor for, for Rotary was uh, really helpful in spreading the word about campaigning for that. And I also um, put up some blog posts and shared that with my um, social circle online. And, and that was kind of the, how I spread the word about it. People might think of bike races like Tour de France when there's um, cars following you with uh, you know spare bikes and spare spare tires and inside. Um, this one is a little bit different where everyone is responsible for themselves. There's no um, pace car following you. Um, no one's ha handing food out to you and you're filling your water bottles. You're kind of just um, you have to figure everything out for yourself as well as the whole biking aspect of it. A self-supported race, no team. You go by yourself and you you know buy your own food, have your own water have your own tent and housing. Read your blog, I was thinking in terms of, of a typical bicycle tourist who might ride 50 to 80 miles a day and was surprised that you rode over 100 miles almost every day and as much as 200. That level of effort is amazing. Tell me how it felt. 
each state had, you know, its own story, honestly. Um, or Oregon was, I think, the most eventful um, because when we left uh, Portland, there was a record heat wave. I mean, the hottest temperatures ever in the Pacific Northwest were recorded the weekend that we left, that the race started. Um, so we, the race director moved the uh, start time an hour earlier, but in the end, it didn't really help much. You know, I think a lot of people adjusted their expectations for how far they wanted to ride that day. And, and that that week almost, you know, depending on, on how fast people were going. So dealing with a lot of heat in Oregon was was a challenge. You know, but but after a while, you kind of just settle into a an equilibrium of fatigue almost. <laughs> you know, you, ne you never really feel fresh at the beginning of the day. But but after a while, you kind of just get used to it and and kind of just have a, a maybe a goal in mind for where you want to end up during the day or how far you want to ride. But the heat was so intense that everyone changed their ride schedule to start riding at like nine or 10 at night and then ride until noon the next day um, just because the afternoon and the evening was too hot to be even be outside. After that, I kind of got back into a semi-normal sleep schedule, but um, I was still sleeping like like anywhere from four to six hours a night. Uh, it was really good sleep, but it didn't last, didn't last that long. <laughs> I understand that the Rays for Rotary app provides live updates. It was actually kind of, it was supportive in a way too, because, you know, I was using my phone, uh, my phone was on my handlebars and I was using that for navigation. Whenever I would get a donation, that would come with an email notification. So, you know, eyes on the road, obviously, but I would just briefly look at that notification, see someone donate, and sometimes they would put a message on it. Yeah, some sort of supportive message. So that was, that was actually good to see that. It helped me a lot to be able to ride my bike further and, and see that support coming through along the way. So I, I noticed in some uh, photos that you posted that you were wearing a Ride to End Polio jersey. Did the the fact that it said Ride to End Polio and had the Rotary logo on it get any attention? Like, did you meet any Rotarians along the way or people ask you about what why you were wearing that jersey? Yeah, more of, more of the latter. I mean, people saw it and, and asked about that um, more often. Um, I also did see um, or run into a couple of Rotarians that, that came up to me and they, they asked about it. Um, I think I was mostly in the Midwest and the East, actually. But other than that, yeah, it was, it was a good conversation starter and, and some people were interested about it. Tell me more about the people who you met along the way. One of the aspects of a race like this is that there's there's no one at the finish line waiting for you. Um, the race is tracked with these GPS devices that every racer has, and then all of their locations are live updated on a map, a uh, public map online that anyone can see. So what happens is that you get these people called dot watchers because your location is this little dot. And so a dot watcher will watch your location and, and come out and sometimes uh, see you if they're close by. <laughs> so, you know, they're a couple occasions, I think the first time was in uh, Nebraska where um, I was actually riding with another racer and um, we were almost to the end of the day. It was a really long day and uh, someone just called out our names and we turned our heads and, you know, it was someone that, that came to see us and, and she was really nice. She, uh, she rode with us into town and uh, showed up where the bike shop was. We, we were going there to pick up some supplies. So it was, it was really cool to be able to see that. Uh, another instance happened in Ohio, where someone, it was just in the morning and, and she was trying to make a point to see every single racer that came by because she lived, lived in the town the, the route went through. It was nice to see people like that. And it was really energizing, honestly. <laughs> they, uh, 
they knew they couldn't give any sort of like handouts to people, um, you know, just trying to stay with the rules and all, but, um, but just, you know, being able to see someone and have them be interested in, in the ride and the fundraiser was, was a really cool experience. What was your biggest challenge? I think that has to take me back to Oregon. That second day of the race where I mentioned I tried to sleep a little bit, but didn't really end up sleeping that much, um, probably like 30 or 45 minutes. And, and I was already expecting to get an early start to avoid the heat. So um, I, I left that morning around 2 a.m. And I was hoping to make it um, about 120 miles to Mitchell, Oregon, which uh, also involved quite a bit of climbing in that, that area of Oregon. So I was hoping to be able to make it there before noon, just with all the, the climbing, um, there was a lot of gravel that stretch as well. It really slowed me down. And, and so it, it was, it was just so hot. Uh, me and a couple other racers descended into this valley, probably about 30 miles outside of Mitchell. As we descended, it was, it just got hotter. It just felt like a hairdryer. It was so intense. And so we were kind of hanging out this restroom and trying to get some shade and we decided to stick together, me and couple other people and at that point we we rode together on on this gravel and and it was it was just so hot we had to take a break every 10 minutes about in the shade uh, there was no shade on the road but you know on the side we could just pull over and, and get some shade and drink some water we there were some some farms that we enjoyed the sprinklers from <laughs> there was sometimes there were sprinklers that were going over the fence and so we just tried to completely drench ourselves just to cool off and at one point we actually passed a person that had their own campsite but this person was just hanging out with their dog and they had a thermometer there and they said it was 115 degrees in the shade and 125 in the sun. And, uh, that, and that, that person gave us some water too, which was really nice. It was just a shared struggle to, to do this. So uh, we eventually left the gravel and went onto this highway. It was a short climb up to Mitchell. Yeah, the start of Mitchell, there's this bike hostel. You know, they house uh, bike tourists and they feed them and give them a bed and a shower and you know laundry. They were all up there and they had cowbells and they were cheering us on and it was such a good feeling, um, you know, to 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 see that in the distance and know, you know, that was our goal to to end up for the day. And they they had cold glasses of water and popsicles out for us and it, it was so great to to be able to do that. And but then after that, that's I think when the feeling of destruction, like feeling destroyed, just just settled in, uh, being out in that heat and not really getting much sleep last night it was hard to down food it was hard to sleep more and cool off i was feeling tired from biking that far but just even more so just the heat and everything yeah it was that was a, a pretty tough day i was i was kind of worried about how much more of those days i would need to endure to to get across the country you must have had some good days too tell me about one of those my dad met me out there on his motorcycle and you know, it was nice just because I wasn't really in race mode yet. You know, we, um, it was too hot to go anywhere for me. And so we got to jump in the river and go, go for a swim in the, in the cold Deschutes river. And then, um, you know, get some dinner together. And then I said, good. He, he spent the night, but then I, I, uh, I tried to sleep a little bit then ended up leaving around, uh, two in the morning to get an early head start in the day. So it was, it was uh, good timing and it was good to see him on the first day. What was the finish like for you? That last day, it was on the uh, Chesapeake and Ohio towpath. It's kind of like a rail trail. It's a little more beat up, <laughs> a little rougher. So pretty flat uh, in Maryland all the way to, to D.C. So the last day was kind of just 
trying to get done, I rode like I didn't need to ride tomorrow. A lot of the times during this race, the strategy is mostly just how can I keep biking tomorrow? And and that last day I was just ready to be done. I was like, I don't care if I don't have to walk tomorrow. I just want to be done. So I was trying to get to the finish as fast as possible. And I ended up passing the the person that was in fifth place, which put me in fifth place. And then in the early afternoon, I arrived in DC and the, the finish line for the race was officially the Lincoln Memorial. So yeah, when I pulled up there, the the person I, I passed earlier, uh, his significant other was was waiting for him at the Lincoln Memorial. And and she had some fruit and uh, some food and, and water for everyone. So she knew I was coming. So she cheered me on. And that was really cool experience. And the fourth place person that, that passed me uh, the previous day, uh, he was there as well. You know, he, he finished like four hours earlier. So he already had a shower and was wearing normal clothes, but, but he was, it was cool to see him there and, and, and get some fresh fruit, honestly, like fruit that person brought was so great. Cause I've just been eating like food from gas stations for the past, um, you know, couple of weeks. So it was, it was so nice to get some, some real food and just know that I was done and didn't have to bike again tomorrow. Did you meet your fundraising goal of $3,500? I was watching the fundraiser, and I think by the time I biked through Nebraska, we were already at that goal. <laughs> so it was it was great to see that go up. And so that was my initial goal, but I believe we ended up doubling that, um, or almost, by the time the fundraiser was over a couple of days after I finished the race. There was, I think the two-to-one match combined with the, the cost of the vaccines led to that fundraising effort supported over 30,000 vaccines. He raised over $6,000, maybe I think 6,300, which with the Bill Gates matching, put him over $18,000. And I think it was you that said at 60 cents an inoculation, that's over 30,000 shots for polio worldwide that Jared can be credited. This is our legacy as Rotarians and you have joined us and you can celebrate with us when that day comes, and it's going to come, and it's going to come within my lifetime and certainly his, that we're going to have a polio-free world. That makes me proud to know that he stepped up to the plate for that. If Jared's ride inspired you to help eradicate polio, or you would like to learn more about Rotary, please go to rotary.org. There is so much need out there. Have you ever wondered how you can help? Join us for the journey at VoicesOfRotary.org.